All right, party people, I'd just like to start this episode off by saying I, again, recorded this in late June, so some of these references may be a little late, but enjoy the sports bar as we divulge into Black Lives Matter, a little hockey, uh, the Bubba Wallace fiasco, so to speak, and a lot, lot more on the sports bar Enjoy. I know I did. party people welcome back to the sports bar that song is leonard skinnerd that smell and that was mark's uh ding on his uh, phone um, and that introduces my two next guests first time ever on the sports bar making sports bar history over here party people is my ex-boyfriend and former minor league hockey player um, they are not the same person, just to let you know. Um, my ex-boyfriend, Clark Farrell, and former minor hockey league player and current NHL Ice Crew member, Mr. Mark Omar. Welcome, guys, to the sports bar. Thank you. Thank you. Hey, how's it going? Uh, thanks for that intro, G. Uh, that text on here is my agent waiting to get the call up uh, with everything going on right now. Uh, might end up suiting up for the playoffs. <laughs> nice. Love it. Love it. And here to introduce our first topic for the day, for this episode, Mr. Clark Farrell. Topics on the docket right now. We had a bunch set for today, except something pretty extraordinary happened today, unfortunately. Uh, Bubba Wallace, NASCAR, supposedly had a noose left in his garage by his car. I haven't seen the exact details on it. At Talladega, correct? At Talladega in Alabama um, prior to the race, I believe. Yes. I'm I'm not exactly sure about that, but uh, um, that is a pretty crazy story for someone to leave a a noose in the garage of a NASCAR driver. I'd say so, especially after NASCAR came out and and, uh, did away with the Confederate flag uh, not even a week before. and for something like that to happen right after is kind of surprising. Yeah, it's one of those stories that you wish wasn't true. And you almost want to uh, say, I hope it's a Jesse Smollett type of situation. Um, but in this climate, it feels like it might be a true story. Well, if it was a Jesse Smollett thing, wouldn't it be worse? Well, well <laughs> if, you was, if you were like planting your own shit on there, right. it would kind of be worse. But that, somebody I mean, else that did happen. The Jesse Smollett situation did happen. It did, but like I would, I would think that Bubba, uh, that Bubba Watson wouldn't do that to himself. Or sorry, Bubba Wallace wouldn't do that to himself. 
you know, like, oh, and, yeah. or his people wouldn't do that to him. Like, there's no, especially in this climate. Um, but to your point, yeah, it's still really, really tragic. Man, agents blowing you up, bro. Yeah, I might have said, uh, Bubba <laughs> I might have said Bubba Watson. It was Bubba Wallace, Wallace yeah, um, the son of Rusty Wallace, the famous NASCAR driver. But I mean, either way, only African American in in the in yep. NASCAR right now, right? Yeah. Okay. Only African American driver in NASCAR and. A situation that has now uh, become the lead story on Sports Center, and 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 kind of hit the the worst timing of the climate of what's going on in America. So, I mean, this to your point though, we were talking about this earlier off um, off pod, Clark. You were saying that like a lot of people are going to be, you know, outraged in the opposite direction, not in the positive direction, which is really really sad in this climate. You would hope that they would kind of grasp onto this movement and be like uh, of black lives matter and be like, you know what, like let's stay positive and like, let's try to, you know, push forward kind of thing. But it's, uh, we might be seeing a lot more of this as opposed to less of this. Absolutely. And you know, a lot of the, a lot of the leagues, you know, around the world, unfortunately are starting to show their true colors. Um, whether it be positive or negative, you got, the um, the NHL put together a black coalition alliance of um, all their top African American players, uh, you know. So that's a positive thing moving forward for them. But and talk uh, about a minority. Exactly. Like, yeah. No, there are, yeah. Easy like, segue. Yeah, easy yeah, segue. Easy segue into what we were actually originally going to um, talk about, which was going to be the bulk, right? Like I'm assuming it's going to be the bulk. We are with a former. <laughs> You know, minor league player and also somebody who part of the NHL um, hockey crew. And we, and to me personally, even playing basketball relatively all my, almost all my life. And I know Clark, you played as well. Um, hockey just is another level, and it should just be so much more celebrated than it than it is. Um, well, the one nice thing is you've never heard of overt racism in hockey or in the NHL recently. I haven't heard of it. Um, I know they don't have that many black players, but you haven't heard of the ones in there really taking severe racist, you know. And it's one of those things that has been better with time in the league, um, but it definitely still exists. You know, you hear about current players now that they're in their 30s that were facing, you know, discrimination in their junior hockey career back when they were 16, 17, 18. Um you know, just when you're different and you're good and you're better than the competition, that's always a threat. And that unfortunately is the path that a lot of these guys had to take. They had to be better, ten, that'd be twice as good as their competition to, to make it into a sport that they're only represented and not, not even 10%, I, I would say, representation. Oh, NHL, no. Yeah. 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 Uh, Subban was one of my favorite players for a while. Well, you're a Canadian fan, uh, so that makes a sense. A Canadian fan, but uh, I'm sure he dealt with a lot of discrimination in right. his early junior hockey career, um, and he was uh, a Canadian player. But uh, the NHL is finally announced their start date, um, July 30th. They still haven't announced their hub cities, but they have their format set out for 24 teams in a playoff format and the top four seeds for the East and West will play a round Robin to determine one through four. And then the rest of the teams will play best out five series. 
and then they'll reseed and and uh, and set up the final sixteen teams. Uh, what do you guys think about that playoff setup? I'll let you go first. Okay. So yeah, um, you know, you got the uh, you got the twelve in the east, and you got the twelve in the west. Um, first of all, as an LA guy, uh, I want to congratulate all uh, California teams, the Ducks, the Kings, and the Sharks. For um, having an early summer, um, <laughs> couldn't crack the top Jesus. twenty. Couldn't yeah. crack the top twenty-four, unfortunately, out of uh, thirty teams. So uh, all three California teams, which in recent years have been strong playoff contenders, that great. Um, well, especially San Jose too. Yeah. Like dude, they didn't. They were balling for the longest yes. time. Yeah, in most recent years. Uh, but yeah, they're sitting out of this playoffs. Um, so you got you know the West Coast. Uh, cities I, I bring that up because um you know you got la is the one team um clark mentioned the hub cities la is the one team not represented um that is an option for the hub city so a lot of different uh dynamics going on about when and where but um i like it overall i think it's a good format um with hockey anyways it doesn't really matter you could throw 16 teams into a hat pull them out and it doesn't the seating it's one of those sports seating doesn't really mean as much in hockey. That's very true. And home field doesn't mean as much in hockey. Or home right. ice doesn't right. mean as much in hockey. There's always been underdogs that have come, like last year with St. Louis, coming from being the worst team in January. Worst to first. Worst to first and win it all. So now we have teams that a lot of people haven't been paying attention to where they even ended up at the end of the season last year. I was shocked to see that Colorado was one of the top four teams in the West. Um, but how do how do we feel about the teams that are in the tournament and and how's this going to play out? So before um, I, we all answer this question, um, my my one thing that I have to get off my chest, which I've I've already gotten off my chest um, in a couple episodes prior to this, but I'm still a little irked because. I love the Stanley Cup playoffs. This is probably my it's favorite. The best. Yeah, with the exception of March Madness, it's definitely one of my most favorite cherished times of the year. I think it's I don't think, I know, it's the best playoff you, you could ever you can ever watch and that's coming from a basketball player like I I just love it. The fact that they had this system in place to probably like a month or two ago Actually, I want to say a month ago. I'm going to give the NHL the benefit of the doubt. And they didn't pull the trigger is mind-boggling to me. You could have gotten all of the money, all of the ratings, and we would have all just been sitting there watching every single moment well, of now the NHL. Is, now, is, it the, is the NHL playoffs great because of the crowds and because of how intense it is when you go into a seven-game series? Is this going to diminish it with the early rounds being five-game series, no crowds, no enthusiasm behind them, you know, quiet ice? I mean, that's going to be a weird thing. Well, that's another question, too, is are they going to pump – because some um, teams were talking about pumping in noise. Are they going to pump in noise? Are they going to um, mic up these players and, like, make it a little bit more of a show and more interesting? Like, I mean, to be honest with you, I don't think the NHL is that advanced, and I hate saying that because I love them. I, I, I love that league, and it's – incredible and those guys do not get paid enough for the physical aspect of that game um but are they going to pump in noise probably not and it's probably going to be a i don't want to say boring but it's because it's still you're still going to get guys like crushing each other um yeah you know, 
Because I think to both your guys' point, uh, you know, you got a league that has fighting. It's only only sport in only sport in all of the leagues that has fighting allowed. So you got that. That's a draw. Hockey in general is just a sport that you necessarily don't need to to have played or to to know about. You know, just coming from experience, coming from my friends that don't follow the sport, but we'll go catch a beer, watch a hockey game. All of a sudden, they're a hockey fan just from. You know, it's and, and it's one of the best live sports to watch as well. Yes, yeah, um, for sure. But with all that being said, you know, now you got guys playing in empty arenas uh, with like, you know, no momentum from the home ice. So it does add a different dynamic. But I think uh, I think it's still going to be obviously anything's going to be a draw right now. But I think it's still going to have that same intensity. The, the guys are going to be going hard in exhibitions. Um, so they're going to get used to playing without crowds at game speed for a couple weeks uh, before everything gets going here. You have the uh, camps already opened up for all NHL facilities. Um, you got that. Ha- that started on, uh, I think, last week. Uh, and then we're going to do a two-week training camp for all teams. And then we're going to have an exhibition match and then get right into it. So it's the product I don't think is going to diminish. The product will still be there. Uh, guys are, you know... Guys have been at home, um, literally just practicing in their backyards, right? So, right, and to your, and wait, but to your point, Mark, um, I remember, and you you can probably attest to this as a former player, is that when you're going, you know, onto the yeah, when you're up against yeah. the boards, you're not hearing the the patter, you're not hearing everybody like banging on the on the boards. Yeah. You're actually. You're actually, no, because I've actually asked, I have asked some players and they're like, dude, we're just in our moment and we're like, we're so riled up and we're already like, and there's shit talking going on and all that stuff. I'm wondering if that's going to subside as well. But there's like. I think it's funny how all these other leagues around the world are doing like these fill-in dolls. In the, <laughs> yeah, yeah, like the Korean did you hear how Did you hear yeah. the soccer team in Korea yeah. got in trouble for accidentally, uh, what was it? They ordered uh, instead of mannequins. Sex dolls. Yes, they ordered sex, sex dolls. dolls. Yes, yes, yeah. No, I totally remember that. That's um, hilarious. I just think it's hilarious how teams how teams are finding creative ways to try to give um, give their players a more real feel. I don't know if it really matters at the end of the day. Unless, uh, I mean, when it comes to like the their actual performance, um, but it definitely gives you. I'll take it, that it back. I take that it back. Yeah. It. it does, but I guess what I meant to say is like. I don't know if it's gonna um, really, really be much that much of a factor, but especially without having home ice, guys aren't having home ice. Um, so, but with that said, though, we already talked about how there really is no such thing as home ice, especially in the playoffs. Because right, there things- is, but it's diminished. Yeah, it's not. Okay. It's not as significant as football or basketball. But I am uh, one of those people, like Mark referred to earlier. I rarely watch regular season games, but when it comes to playoffs, there's something about it. You get teams that go against each other in a seven-game series, and they're pretty evenly matched, and they really get after it. They fucking beat each other up, and and the games are really intense. And I think a lot of the intensity has to do with the crowds getting into it. I mean, I spent some time in Montreal. Those Montreal fans, they get into it. I, I mean, oh, yeah. that's different. That's Canada. That's a religion. So, Well, that's part of it. I mean, there's there's teams like that where they really get into it. And even though hockey gets the lowest ratings of the big four, I think they really dropped the ball here, and they could have got huge ratings if they started a little bit before the NBA. I agree. And then, okay, so 
to both of your guys' point, G brought this up initially about how how come the NHL hadn't cashed in a little sooner, perhaps. Um, recently, Austin Matthews, uh, face of the league, uh, tested positive for COVID-19 at his um, summer home or his hometown um, in Arizona. Um, he's in quarantine right now, self-isolation, asymptomatic, but um, face of the league, young star for the Toronto Maple Leafs and uh, has to uh, sit out. And who knows if that's going to uh, affect his uh, position in the lineup come uh, playoffs. So, you know, I think there's needs to be precaution made because you got um, you got guys staying together in the offseason. He was rooming with uh, goaltender Freddie Anderson. Um, imagine losing your captain and your goalie in one house. Um, uh, if that happens, the team could be devastated. And that's, you know, Toronto is is a, the church of hockey. Um, so things things need, I, if you're asking a guy from Toronto, I think he's not really concerned about the 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 pace at which they're they're starting um i think we just need to play it safe for now but i agree that you know with all the, that's going on you know if um if you're looking to make a move they're always ahead of the nba the nba is pretty much going after the uh anything the nhl does nba is kind of following suit um but yeah i uh or vice versa or vice versa um, so yeah, I, I think there needs just to be, think, I think they have a good phase right now for return to play. We're at phase four coming up. Um, and, uh, we just, just officially open reservations only, but I'm excited about it. Okay. <laughs> well, what does, Shout out to what, the nail salon. What, what, does, Shout out to the nail salon what does happen if a team goes into the playoffs and say they're in the second round and all of a sudden your captain and your goalie test positive, all right? You're in a deep hole there. If they have to quarantine for 14 days, if that's still the, the rule or the law, that that's their whole series. Do you think there's a reason why the NHL is not in, um, promoting a uh, bubble community like the NBA is? It's, that's kind of weird, actually. That's a great question. So I think it's the, the NHL um, has not announced the cities where they're going to be, and I'm surprised they haven't taken the approach of doing what the NBA is doing with the one hub city and not deciding that, okay, it's better to be in one location than four. But who knows? Who knows if it's something that they might change their mind on because they haven't announced the locations yet. Right. Yeah. So, you know, it's just one of those things. We got to just kind of see what they're going to do. And we got to get the hub cities first. So, um, and, and that's it. I mentioned the bubble community because that's what it's sounding like, right? It's there. They can't leave, right? They check in. All the teams have to stay on at the uh, Disney Orlando ESPN campus. Yep. Um, I mean, it's mainly the players, isn't it? It's like the players and the staff. It's the players and, and staff. I don't yeah. think family is allowed. I'm not no, sure if they're no. allowed to even have family members. Family's not allowed for two weeks for the first two yeah. weeks that they're, that they're there. Um, yeah. And then you got guys that it's a, you know, it's, it's even divided amongst the, the Laker room, uh, the Lakers locker room at this point, you got Dwight wanting to keep the momentum of BLM, which is, you know, entirely a positive movement. And, and, you know, I'm all for that. And then you got like everyone else, you got LeBron James that just wants sports to come back. Yeah. Um, and that doesn't diminish anything from the movement. He's still all about it. Um, but it's just that fine line that they're, the NBA is walking it um, right now. It's do we do we start sports? Uh, it's more about the players. Do we get back into it uh, and distract from the important issues that are going on right now, 
or do we get back to sports and give people something to 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 rally around? I mean, my whole thing is Charles Barkley said it right: go play basketball, use your platform, right. use that money right. to to help the cause. You're gonna forfeit millions of dollars and forfeit a national TV audience and Jobs. not play. Jobs. Yeah, and jobs, or you can go there and make your statement. Yeah, we I'm haven't sure even, they're gonna make big statements. We haven't even gotten to the gotten into what sports does for the economy. Like, well, it's enormous it's, for society. It's ridiculous. Yeah, for society, for morale, but not only for that, but also for our economy. Like, without sports, like it, it's a sore subject. But like, nine, even to this day, but nine eleven, when nine eleven happened, and we like quote-unquote canceled sports we didn't really cancel sports yeah, but we, we did it for was, a little bit yeah, yeah, yeah but it was it was on a, we were on a hiatus yep. we didn't cancel it in, in its entirety right so like like where the major league baseball right now is in like th- that limbo of are we going to cancel the season are we not are we going to do 50 games if i'm not 60? mistaken i'm sure i'm pretty sure the playoffs continued in september for yeah. baseball no, no, no. So without skipping so a in, beat yeah so in not uh, i think they, no, only, they, were, they were off for a little bit yeah, everyone, they, there everyone, was like a good gap. Stopped okay. playing for yeah. at least a few. Days. You got the yeah. memorable images of the uh, tattered flag at the uh, the Yankee Stadium. Yeah, but the Yan- yeah. but the Yankees came back, and I think they played. You guys, they played the Sox. Well, here, right? here's, it was like here's a huge the difference: rivalry. is this was something where uh, it was a foreign attack, and the U.S. rallied together. This is not a foreign attack. This is a domestic dispute where the U.S. is splitting <laughs> in half. So there's half people that don't want to see sports succeed. They don't want to see sports do well. And there's another half that says, please, oh, my God, bring back sports so we can stop thinking about all these crazy subjects and, and just enjoy some sports. Yeah, and to your, to your point, sports is not only an escape, which we all, we all obviously know that. Um, sports is also so great for our economy, and it's, it just it creates jobs. It creates morale. It creates like more of a positive you know, outlook on life. And that's what everybody needs. And that's not just in the United States. That's everywhere. Yeah. Like talk about soccer right now. Like they're actually playing. Like, thank God they are. But like yeah, the they're Premier playing League, right now. The Premier League, League yeah. Syria, um, La Liga, they're all playing and they're all, they're all doing well. I, supposedly with the ratings, I've, I've watched a ton of Premier Soccer way because more than I ever no- would have. Because there's nothing else on. All right. Exactly. <laughs> That's the reason why the I, I was so watching on. Cornhole uh, the other day on, <laughs> on ESPN 8, the Ocho. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I, I saw that. Professional Cornhole. Which actually it's a, it's is. It's a thing. It's a thing. Actually, in the summer, they do um, have professional Cornhole on on ESPN. Oh, yeah. But it's obviously not as elevated <laughs> as it is right now. Um, I'll take curling right now. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. Anything, I'll take me some. Anything. And that kind of brings a good point to the Olympics as well, right? Uh, yeah, uh, great transition they, over. Yeah, those poor people. I know. Trained for four years, and Jeez. all of a sudden they're like, "Nope, sorry." It's unreal. Uh, where it was set to be in um, Par- Paris? No, China. Tokyo. Tokyo. Okay, Paris is the following four years. That's gonna be so. Let's see. Twenty was Tokyo. We're gonna have twenty-four in Paris, and then twenty-eight is gonna be LA, um, right around the corner. Uh, but yeah, to that point, it's just you know. Something that I think I think every all of the sports organizations around the world are just kind of bouncing off each other, trying to like figure out the best way to maneuver through things. Is what we haven't really touched on. Like the NFL has just stood firm and not like <laughs> oh, even yeah. said anything about what's COVID. What like yeah. they might as Wait, well testing. Yeah, oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, 
And, you know, that's obviously a, a money move. They don't want to scare money away. Yeah. Um, so they're just holding their, you know, they're just standing firm and just uh, really not coming out with any uh, statement. No, I believe the NFL uh, last year, if I'm not mistaken, was around $12 billion in revenue. And second place was the NBA with $6 billion. So the, the NFL is the big boys. And, and then uh, you hear something like Fauci coming out and say, oh, there's going to be another wave in the, in the fall. And, you know, there's no way these people can be safe. And Trump actually chirping back at Fauci and saying, okay, you can, you can mess with any league, but you can't mess with the NFL. You can't, you can't talk shit about the NFL and you can't say that the NFL might not happen. I mean that's the that's the bread and butter of America, and to be honest, sports is more than that for most societies. Sports is the the one thing that gets people to think that okay, there's no need for civil unrest. I can actually, you know, get my anger out through my sports team, and societies like Egypt and Libya and the Arab Spring. They didn't have a lot of organized sports. And when that doesn't happen, and when we don't have that happening, and you have high unemployment, you see these riots. If we had something to watch, if, if I had the choice between going to riot or watching the NBA Finals, I'm watching the NBA Finals. I mean, that's just me, but that might be for a few other people as well. I think, yeah, with, with no sports, people have uh, more time on their hands. Um, you know, that's why I think this all just comes to a the perfect storm. Uh, you have everyone off work. You got a, uh, a nationwide protest, a nationwide movement, giving people the time to actually come out and support in numbers. Um, it actually also went international as well. So there were some uh, protests, as um, I believe, in England. Uh, there were some based on this. Yeah. Oh, Black Lives Matter. Oh, yeah. yeah. The Premier, yeah, League, it's, it's been... Premier League is not only taking a knee at the beginning of games, all their jerseys say Black Lives oh, Matter right. on the yeah. back of their jerseys. That's unreal how yeah. different countries yeah. are being more supportive of their own of, yeah. of issues that aren't even in on their well, soil. Well, well soccer, actually, I take that back. These all, issues are worldwide, obviously. Football, well, yes. football's always had a huge – European football has always had a huge problem with racism. That's been since. Well, there's there's been classism and racism, and there's been so many different isms or whatever that are, are attributed to, um, quote unquote football or European football. European I guess football, is what we for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Do you guys have the scoop on the MLS? No, I haven't heard much about the no, MLS. Yeah, no. Because um, I heard they're gonna. Know. Last I heard from them is they're gonna do a um, a shortened season. Um, they're gonna actually get going um here soon from what i heard but they're going to do a shortened season i heard wnba is doing a shortened season they are they are well this actually goes, right, this goes right. right to the point the fastest to the finish line you know you should want to be the first league to start and get going like, and the first league to finish so that yeah. way you can already start preparing for it, the following season exactly the fact that mls who should be way ahead of the curve on this hasn't done anything or we don't know anything about MLS right now, they're losing fans. They could have a whole group of fans right now, especially with the popularity of soccer in America. They could be playing right now and people would be going nuts over soccer. Right. All right. Speaking of nuts, it is nuts that if we're at minute 29 and 44 seconds in this podcast, we're going to take a really, really, really quick break because I got to pee. 
So the sports ball, sports ball, the sports bar will be back with Mr. Mark and Mr. Clark. Party people, as you know from Arash Marakazi's last episode on the sports bar, that song means it's game time. That's right, bitches. We're about to test your knowledge. Okay, um, so normally for game time, I've extended this, so I've give it, I'm gonna give you three options as to what game you guys can play on the sports bar. Mark and Clark, are you ready for game time? Sure. Let's do this. Let's do it. Sweet. Um, okay. So, so first game option, we have fact or fiction. Rules of the game. This is kind of like Jeopardy, but not really. Rules of the game. I'm going to give you three statements. Two of these three statements are true. One is false. You have to guess which one of these statements is the false statement. For every incorrect answer you make, you drink. But for every correct answer you make, I drink. All these statements are are catered to your background, so hopefully you're knowledgeable about most, if not all of them. Normally, there's up to eight rounds in this game, but I did ten. Okay. Okay. Uh, if you pick this one, good luck. And every guest gets one lifeline, like on um, if you want to be a, who wants to be a millionaire kind of status. You can Google it. Okay. Okay. Option number two for your game. Uh, it is called the seventh inning stretch. For anybody that knows, I love Mason and Ireland, and this is similar to Fast Track. I'm going to bring up particular up-to-date topics, and we're going to discuss them. may not be sports-related or can be socially related or pop culture-related. Um, for example, as Americans, we live in a society that is privileged to excess. And speaking of more, um, less is more, I believe that we have more than enough options when it comes to streaming, entertainment, and even information. To me, it's a little bit much. Do you think that everything that we have available to us now is a little too much? And you would answer it or not answer it, depending if you want to. Right. Okay. Um, again, all of these are still drink related because we are the sports bar. Mm -hmm. We like to drink. The important stuff. Yeah. Um, so if you don't want to answer it, you're more than welcome to not answer it. But this one, you got to chug your whole entire claw or your whole entire high noon. Claw to the jaw? Okay, so last but not least is three minutes in hell or heaven, aka rapid fire, just depending on you know how you deem this. Um, I stole this off of Ellen's burning questions. I'm not going to front. I always give credit where credit's due. Um, so the rules of this. I'm going to give you three minutes of rapid fire questions that you have to answer, but... If you don't want to answer this, you're more than welcome to not answer it, but you got to drink if you don't want to answer it. And that's why I prepped you with extra <laughs> um, as Mark opens up his claw. Um, which one do you guys want to do? I like the I like the two truths and a lie. What do you think? Yeah, I'm, I'm game for either one. Yeah? Will Jeopardy style this shit? 
Alright. Alright. Factor fiction. Um, do I have to repeat the rules or are you guys gonna repeat no, the rules? No. Okay. Alright, hopefully um the listeners listened to the rules before we did this. Um or do this. Alright, round number one. You may not know this, <laughs> but um it is the greatest show on turf, aka the Los Angeles Rams, is the topic. Okay. All right. In 1945, rookie quarterback Bob Waterfield led the Rams to their first winning season, 9-1, and one, and a victory over the Cleveland Browns in the NFL championship game. Again, the NFL championship game. The 1945 championship game would prove to be the Rams' final game in Cleveland as team owner Dan Reeves moved the franchise to L.A. in 1946 rather than compete with the new Cleveland Browns franchise of the All-American Football Conference. That is factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two. I can also repeat these, um, any of these or all of these, so just let me know if you need to repeat. Factor fiction number two. That was too detailed not to be a fact. Factor fiction number two. In 1948, the Rams became the first professional football team to add an insignia, um, a.k.a. a pair of golden Rams horns to their helmets. That's factor fiction number two. Factor fiction number three, in 1995, the Los Angeles Rams became the first professional football team to leave the West Coast. Which one is false? And that is factor fiction number three. Jesus. I don't know. So out of those three, one is false, two are true. Yeah. That is correct. So I'm saying A A is true. And again, I can repeat all these. And you have a lifeline. Let's see. So who's it for? Who's it, who? Who are these set of questions for? Is that, are, are we on the same team here, me yeah. and Clark? No, I mean you guys. So I've never done it with two guests. Okay. So we'll team up to try to figure it out. All right. Okay. I'll, I'll give so, you that option. I'll give you that option. So the first one does sound true, right? It does. And then the second one is saying that they're the first team to put symbol uh, graphics that's, on their helmet. That's true for sure. And. Three is 1985, they're the first NFL team to 1995. leave. 1995, they're the first team to relocate. To leave the West Coast. To leave the West Coast. Okay. Oh, Christ. Let's see. I don't know. Well, Who do the, we got? Well, the, I guess the, the first thing is the first one, what year? Can we debunk that last one there? In, in, I can repeat it if you guys want me to. Give me the second. Uh, the Give me B again. In 1948, the Rams became the first professional football team to add an insignia, a.k.a. a pair of golden Rams horns to their helmets. All right, so what are we thinking, B or C? I believe that one. That one's the false? I think the first one no, he is believes it. I think, oh, that I think the first one's wrong because the date, I think it was earlier. But I have no idea. I mean, we can get, Let's yeah. go. I should have a time for Let's go C. C. C sounds good. Are you sure? This sure. is your final answer. C. Drink, motherfuckers. Oh, shit. A, A was the answer? A was the answer. Oh, you should have went with your gut, Clark. No. Okay, so in 1945, rookie quarterback Bob Waterfield led the Rams to their first winning season, 9-1, and one, and a victory over the Cleveland Browns in, in the NFL championship game. Not the Super Bowl, the NFL championship game. The 1945 championship game would prove to be the Rams' final game in Cleveland 
as team owner, Dan Reeves moved the franchise to LA in 1946, rather than compete with the new Cleveland Browns franchise of the all American football conference. It was not the Cleveland Browns. It was the Washington Redskins. Okay. 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 So that was this, the This fault. is fucking hard, dude. Okay. I know. Right. I ain't going to make it easy on you. All right. Um, I was ready to use my uh, my gra- my grandpa as a lifeline there <laughs> for that one. Dude, you should have. I told you everybody has a lifeline. I'm just waiting for you guys. All right, round number two. Round number one goes to Jihei, aka the sports bar. Um, round number two, X Men trivia. You ready? Sure. All right. When casting for the role of the Wolverine, Russell Crowe turned down the role due to the fact that he thought it may frighten his children. When they actually saw the movie. That is factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two. (laughs) When X2, the second X-Men film, was casting, Neil Patrick Harris auditioned for the role of Nightcrawler. He would eventually lose the role to Alan Cumming. That is factor fiction number two. Oh, my God. Factor fiction number three. I told you these weren't easy. Factor fiction number three. In the new X-Men, one of Xavier's darker personal decisions came to light after it was revealed he was forced to kill his unborn sister while she was still in the womb. After his telekinesis revealed, she had a violent, brutal mind that was destined to cause massive devastation. Which one is false? Not a big X-Men guy. That's a, why you rely on not a, but let's. A, uh, a is true. Russell Crowe turned down Wolverine. That's that's true for he sure. He did. He did. But it's the reason true oh. though. That's oh. needs to be. Oh, that's part well, of the we question. We get into the fucking weeds on that. Okay. Um, okay. So we'll call that one, true. The second one, too, Neil Patrick Harris. I don't think he would ever get an audition for. Nightcrawler. NPH would never do that. All right. We're going, <laughs> all right. We're going B. B. Final answer. No lifeline. Final answer. Keep drinking. What? What was the answer? So Mark was right, and you were right. When casting for the role of the Wolverine, Russell Crowe turned down the role. It was the reason. This is bullshit. But due to the fact he didn't want to be the wolf guy, Crowe figured that because his character, Maximus, in Gladiator was a wolf wolf shield, audiences would start to associate him with the animal. You're not drinking. I just drank. I just drank. That's weak, bro. Hey, know your fucking facts, bro. Yeah. This shit ain't easy. Um, side story, I used to spike my hair back in middle school and because kinda, of Wolverine? Kind of looked like Wolverine a little bit. I like it. I like it. I like it. Hey, who doesn't want to be Wolverine? Hey, it, it was actually really cool. It was dude. the early two thousands, it was a look. It was actually a really cool do back then. If you did that now, I'd probably have to give you some shit. Yeah. But doing it back then, you're good, you get a pass. Time and place. Time yeah. and a place. Yeah. All right. Um, I'll scroll it down to something that you would actually know. Um, Feel free to mix up the game if you like to. Hockey, hockey, hockey is the next round. Okay. Ready? All right. According to FIH.com, which is Federation of International Hockey, Hockey, the roots of hockey are buried deep in antiquity. Historical records show that a crude form of the game was played in Egypt 4,000 years ago and in Ethiopia around 1,000 B.C., whilst an ancient form of the game was also played in Iran in around 2000 BC. That is factor fiction number one. Factor fiction number two, on March 3rd, 1875, 
the first recorded indoor hockey ice hockey game ice hockey game took place at the old port skating rink in montreal quebec canada factor fiction number three the word hockey itself is of unknown origin the name hockey as the organized game came to be known um, and has been attributed to the French word hockey, shepherd's stick, meaning shepherd's stick. Which one is false? Mark, this is all you. I have no idea. <laughs> no idea. All right, let's see. Well, I mean, I'm even reaching here, but let's see. I think we're going to say that 1870. So 1875, the first uh, professional ice hockey game played in Montreal. Yes. I'm going to say that's true. But, okay, so I'm just going to repeat this because I'm kind of giving it away. On March 3rd, 1875, the first recorded indoor ice hockey game took place at the Old Port Skating Rink in Montreal, Quebec, Canada. But I have a question about the first option. So you said that they played a primitive game in Ethiopia and Iran, but was it ice hockey? Because if yeah, it was ice hockey, no then it's I no can way. just... It's the roots. It's the roots. It's like the base. It's the roots. That's true. Because the if they, if we're talking ice hockey, no I, we can eliminate no, no, that hockey, right off the bat. Just hockey. Okay, that's so why that's I said st- ice okay. hockey versus hockey. Right. Okay, cool. So then that's why I wanted to clarify. So it's still in that's play fine. then. It's still in play. So, and then B, give me B one more time. No problem. On March 3rd, 1875, the first recorded indoor ice hockey game took place at the Old Port Skating Rink. In Montreal, Quebec. Or oh, I meant okay. on the, the the other one. The, the third one. Yeah. The word hockey. The word okay okay so we're gonna I'll stop you there. Let's go with uh, final answer. Um, let's go final answer B. I don't think I the way you've been uh, the way she said you way you, the way you've been yeah. swerving us on the dates here. Yeah. I'm gonna go with B. Final answer. That's right. Final answer. That's yeah. Right. That's right. Yeah. Oh yeah. yeah. Dude, oh yeah. That's the way she's saying that bullshit. Oh, you know, you had to, uh, you had to break it down a little bit, and uh, we got a W over here. Yep. Clark and Mark got one. All right. The date is not wrong. The place in the Quebec place. is wrong. Okay. So. Oh, these fucking devil in the details bullshit. Pardon your French. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> your Canadian French. Um, so it is March 3rd, 1875, that the first recorded indoor ice hockey game took place um, in Montreal, Quebec, but it took place at the Victoria Skating Rink. All right. How about, hey, appreciate the details out there, guys. That's what it is. How about that? We're doing some real research over here. Yeah. Good this on you, like G. Good on you. details. Th- this game is no joke. I'm not going to lie to you. Like, dude, even Will, do you remember um, – Will, who like no like he's one of my regulars from downstairs. That man is a savant, and he knows everything. And he got one wrong out of the eight in the round. There's I was like, eight, there's eight questions. Well, and then well, you guys actually have ten, but that but Jesus. I won't go to that. I won't go to that level. And that's <laughs> interesting. That that's a fact that hockey has roots in Iran and Ethiopia. Probably more obviously on a field hockey level. Yeah, it's um, not it's not iced. Obviously, yeah. but I think that's that's cool to that you know. Hockey is never really perceived as a global sport, but it definitely, uh, you know, you just got Europe and, and North America. But to, to hear that was kind of interesting. Some say, <laughs> and by some I mean Clark, say that this is the pizza capital of the world. New Haven. It's going to be based off of New Haven, Connecticut. Um, so. Portnoy says that as well. Is We're going to an- don't know everything. He gives, he does he not. gives New Haven the capital. Is there a legit answer that pops up when you put that question on Google? 
No. No. Okay. So there's, uh, it's up for debate. Correct. Um, it's still, it's still broken. You know, it would be whatever. a better question or, you know, it'd be a more, uh, indicative question of that would be how many, what city has the most pizza consumption? Oh, it's New York. Oh, any oh yeah. It's, it's, New, be, York. it's New York. It's New York. It's New York. Okay. New York. Yeah. Okay. Pizza capital of the world, some say. The first telephone book ever issued contained only 50 names. The New Haven District Telephone Company published it in New Haven in February 1878. You said you know everything, bro. When I first met you, you were like, I know All everything. Right, keep asking the fucking question. Sally's. Pizzeria was purchased for $500 in 1938 by Philomena Consiglio, sister of Frank Pepe, who was the That's o- true. who was the owner of Frank Pepe's uh, Pizzeria. Oh, Pepe, Pepe yeah. yeah. That's my guy. Another Worcester, <laughs> another Worcester Street pizza <laughs> restaurant. Sal Consiglio, a son of Philomena, ran it until his death in 1989 of May. His wife, Flo, died in September 2012, while their children, Richard and Robert, still operate the restaurant. They sold it to Lineage Properties, LLC. That is fact or fiction number two. That's I know fact. it's a lot. That's fact. Okay. Let's, 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 let's just wait. Simmer down right, now. Right, Simmer right, down now. All right, right. right. Fact or fiction number three. Home to the world's largest indoor planetarium dome and the awe-inspiring Alexandrite, a glow glowing crystal mountain made of imported stone that serves as a focal point of casino of the sky. Factor fiction number three, I will repeat it. Home to the world's largest indoor planetarium dome and the awe-inspiring Alexandronite. Yeah, Alexandronite. A glowing crystal mountain made of imported, imported stone that serves as the focal point of Casino of the Sky. Casino of the Sky. Correct. I have hmm. no idea about that one. So which one can can you say for sure? What what about the the, the Sally's thing is hundred percent true. Okay. So I gave first the I gave the you 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 still need to put one on the on the board here. Right. I got one right answer. So what's, the, what's are there three questions here? That is correct. What's the first one? The telephone book. The first telephone book ever issued contained only fifty names. The New Haven District Telephone Company published it in uh, published it in New Haven in February 1878. All right, that one's false. Final answer. Final, you have a you final, have a lifeline. Final answer. Final answer. You final have a lifeline. answer. Drink, motherfuckers, drink. Ah, what's the answer? Home to the world's largest indoor planetarium dome and the awe-inspiring Alexandrinite, a glowing crystal mountain made of the important stone that serves as the focal point of Wombi Rock. Jesus. In New Haven. Um, thorough. Very thorough. Let's go to the movies All right, party people. For those that do not know that song, it's near and dear to my heart. Uh, the original Annie. Let's go to the movies, and that's our next category on sports bars fact or All fiction. Right. A little Annie. Yeah, little movies, Annie. movie trivia. It is movie trivia time. All right, fact or fiction number one. 
of Let's Go to the Movies. True Romance was Quentin Tarantino's first screenplay. That is Factor Fiction number one. Factor Fiction number two. The film The Firm only took 30 days to film. That is Factor Fiction number two. Factor Fiction number three. Following his high school graduation, Jeffrey Wright moved to Amherst, Massachusetts. He then joined Amherst College to study political science. Simultaneously, he was also gearing up to play a professional career in lacrosse. However, around his first year in college, he became attracted to acting after participating in a few plays. That is fact or fiction number three. What is false? Okay. Well, it is true for sure. The Tarantino? Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true. What was the movie? True Romance. That was his first screenplay? Yeah. Okay. He sold True Romance and he sold um, um, the one. What kind was, of movie is it? Is it is it a typical Tarantino blood and gore and, yeah. and all that? It's blood and gore, but dude, that ending is awesome. So great. It's uh, Christmas Highly Slater. Okay. And, uh, I got to check that out. Oh, True Romance is badass. But he sold True Romance and Natural Born Killers as sequels. Two different studios bought it and they went two totally different directions with the movies. You were getting off topic. Okay, so that was true. (laughs) Okay. Uh, Number two, 30 Days for the Firm. I have no idea. Most movies don't film in 30 days. Right. And then the third one was fucking German to me. I don't even know what the fuck you said. Who Jeffrey Wright is? I know who Jeffrey Wright is, but it's like, there's so many details in that fucking... If if we're following the trend here... If we're following the trend. That's always the curveball. That's the curveball. So, let's see. Let's go see. Let's see see if we can... Final answer without a lifeline. You guys still have your lifeline. And by the way... Both of uh, you have a lifeline. What so is our can, lifeline? Where are we, who are we hitting up? You can phone a yeah, friend. You can phone a friend or you can Google it. I mean, at this point, I think we're just guessing. So C. C is the answer. C is the final answer. Final answer. Should have gone with your gut. Drink, motherfuckers, drink. It was B? It was B. What? They filmed in 29 days? <laughs> this game sucks. 23. Oh, no. The firm was filmed in 23 days, which is incredible. Yeah. That's that's aggressive. That is incredible. It's, uh, I can't even imagine, especially if you watch the firm. This is harder than Jeffrey fucking questions. Oh, stop. We play Drunk Jeopardy all the time, and this is not harder than Drunk Jeopardy. All right, all right, all right. Stop it. We're over the fucking century here. <laughs> we got the bartender G trying to get us drunk here, guys. <laughs> Jesus H. That is my MO. All right. I I thought that that was going to be your ace in the hole, bro, <laughs> Clark. How about this? This will be your um, this will be the last and double or nothing ace in the hole. If you guys do this, I will su- uh, succeed and let you win uh, fact or fiction. Okay. Okay, but we really aren't going to win. But okay, sure. All right, Seinfeld trivia. <laughs> Um, (laughs) all right. Fact or fiction. Number one in Seinfeld trivia, the real pitch for Seinfeld when Larry and I went to NBC, this is quoted by Seinfeld himself in 1988 was we want to show how a comedian gets his material. The show about nothing was just a joke in an episode many years later. And Larry and I to this day are surprised that it caught on as 
a way that people describe the show because to us, it's the opposite of that. Quote by Jerry Seinfeld. Okay, right. true. Okay. That, sounds that sounds true. All right. Factor fiction number two. The original main female character of Seinfeld um, was supposed to be Diane Faust, a corporate lawyer. That's factor fiction number two. Oh, Jesus. Factor fiction number three. The Farley brothers wrote an original episode of Seinfeld. That is factor fiction number three. Which one's false? I, I gotta say it's gotta be the Farley brothers because LD and Seinfeld wrote, I believe, and Larry Charles, almost all the Seinfeld episodes, at least as the main writers. Again, you have a lifeline. You're more than welcome to Google this. Well, yeah, the first option is right. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. That sounds about right. Uh, B, what's her name that actually took that role? Oh, as the, uh, Judy, as the female uh, lead. Louis Dreyfus. Julia Louis Dreyfus. Yeah, okay. So I don't know if there's... She's so solid in that role. I don't know if yeah. there's ever any competition yeah, I don't know. there. No, no, no. So the character... The character. Is supposed to be based Diane... On, uh, she was uh, Diane Faust, a corporate lawyer. She was supposed to be based on that. Okay. Hmm. Yeah, I couldn't... I'm not sure. B or C? I think it's got to be uh, B, though, because... She's been tricking us on all these bullshit ones, and the Farley brothers might have written an episode. Where's the, what's their claim? What's the Farley brothers' claim to fame? What's their something about Mary? Oh, that's right. Yeah. That's right. They, uh, they wrote a lot, a lot more than something about. They got Mary. a lot. That's, yeah. a good, that's a good reference. Okay, that's right. Okay, let's go Final with the. Uh, no lifeline. Let's go with B. 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 Final answer. No B for lifeline. the boys. B. B for the. Oh my god, you guys are such bros. Um, B. B for the. Uh, B. <laughs> B for the bros. <laughs> B, final answer. final answer. There's no going back from this, guys. Ah. There's no going back from this. B. Mark, you haven't said B. Final answer. Ah. Dabs. They finally they got two guys technically. All right, so <laughs> you are correct. B is false. Um, do you for a bonus drink? Do you know why it's false? No idea. <laughs> okay. No. Do you know why it's false, Mark? Okay. That's totally fine. I did trick you on this one. Uh, the original main character, female character on Seinfeld, was supposed to be Claire, a waitress at the coffee shop, who would offer Jerry and George advice with their coffee. Interesting. That was the original okay. character. That was the original Elaine. Okay. All right. Well, guys, thank you so much for doing this. Thank you. It's been a long oh, time. Thanks coming. for having me on. Yeah. yeah no, I'm. I'm grateful that you guys you know took the time to do this even during quarantine and all that good stuff like um we are doing this on father's day which is obviously near and dear to my heart but it's just obviously a pleasure so thank you thank so much you. for taking the time chin chin till next time yeah yeah, yeah. Chin, chin. this is the sports bar with oh shoot we forgot to um we forgot to promote social media so do you oh yeah um you know i'm always uh up to date uh, you know, with the uh, hockey happenings here in the South Bay, uh, specifically beach cities. So, uh, yeah, it's at Mark Omar 33. And, uh, yeah, if you're looking for any uh, uh, content in regards to local promotions, bars and all that, you know who to hit up. So, uh, yeah. Clark? Awesome. Clark underscore Farrell. Uh, Instagram, hit me up. Spell for the people that can't spell Farrell. F-A-R-R-E-L-L. Mark, spell your whole entire Instagram handle, please. Yeah, M-A-R-K-O-M-A-R-33. Coming at you. Well, party people, 
You heard it here. If it wasn't for the double or nothing, I would have won this. Um, uh. so, <laughs> so, guys, again, thank you so much for being on the Sports Bar. How was your first episode of Sports Bar? Did you guys love it? Good. Yeah? Yeah. Yeah, I think yeah. it had some good flow. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, we first, got it. First 20 minutes were solid. Yeah. Yeah. Love it. And, well, thank, again, thank you so much for being on the Sports Bar. I am Jihei Wiley, bringing you sports and drinking. And we out. Peace. Thank you. All right, party people. Thank you so much again for listening to the Sports Bar with Clark and Mark for any of their Instagram information. Go ahead and look at our sites. Um, Also look at our Twitter and Instagram account. They will be on there as well. Totally tag them. Um, And if you want to listen to the Sports Bar, we are available on everything podcastable. I know I haven't said that in a while, but everywhere you get your podcasts, that includes Anchor because they let us do this for free. Google Pod, Apple Pod, and Spotify, of course, at the Sports Bar. That is T-H-A Sports Bar. Also, if you want to follow us on Twitter, we're at Sports Bar Gals because Twitter sucks and they would not give us sport the Sports Bar. We're also on Instagram at sport, the sports bar, T-H-A sports bar, and on Facebook as T-H-A, capital T-H-A sports bar as well. Give us a follow. Uh, anyways, thank you again so much for listening. Um, we're going to play out Clark and Mark with Public Enemy Fight the Power. Deuces.